Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts, you can get $25 or more off brand new DeWalt power tools by trading in your old ones. You know, those worthless tools you never use anymore? Yeah, those dusty things can actually save you at least $25 on new DeWalt power tools. Hmm, not so worthless after all. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 6 What's going on everybody welcome to the lineup hq uh tutorial uh here today we're doing a little bit of a special show uh we've got a lot of users at roto grinders right and some of them email in they want to know hey how do you guys use lineup hq to get better uh so i have brought out of uh, show retirement mr chris jamino uh creator of a lot of different things behind the scenes here at roto grinders uh chris how's it going yeah, they brought me out of the bunker. I'm I'm finally on Earth. I, I just saw the sun for the first time in days the other day. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to do this. You know, there, we get a lot of questions about how we can we get better at DFS? How can we use the tools better? You know, and quite frankly, DFS, the bar is just being elevated. You need to get better at using tools and understanding not just who to play, but how to play the game, how to use the game theory angles of the game, how to understand what it is that's important and leads to winning in DFS. And we're here to talk about a bunch of that stuff here and using lineup hq yeah so one of the things we're doing today to kind of get you guys to play along with us on the show today is we had uh, our good friends over at fanduel they have set us up with a 20 max free roll and we're going to give away swag to this the problem is there's no actual prizes in the prize pool because we don't want you cheating just putting in one or two or even 15 entries so we've made up a rule today if you want to win anything in this free roll the top three people will get their choice of a roto grinders t-shirt or hat just send me a dm on twitter afterwards and and i'll sort it out through the various channels but you're gonna have to max enter this so we've made 20 entries and we want you to play along with us as we do this on show or later in the day here so here's the link for it i'm gonna post it right in the roto grinders chat it'll bring you to the game and we're requiring you to put the max amount of entries into this if you just put one in right and you win where you're not getting any swags and the next person who put 20 entries in here. So we encourage you to play along on the show. We're going to show you how to do it. And I'll mention this uh, a couple of times during the show today. So 
Chris, you know, you've had your fingers, your hands making all this stuff here. So I'll, I'll let you kind of guide me to some of the main stuff here, right on your main page as you jump into Lineup HQ. What's important? What can you do? You got any tips and tricks for the guys to get started? I mean, right away, the first thing that we want to do a lot of times is, you know, we have this great sidebar where you can get to access to a lot of information and a lot of good stuff so you can work side by side. I like to zoom out Lineup HQ, so I'm, I'm looking at like 80% zoom so I can get a bunch of stuff on my screen. We got a big monitor here, but not everyone's got that capability. So what I like to do is if I'm trying to get as much space as possible, I like to hide that sidebar, really get to see, you know, as much as possible of Lineup HQ when I'm going to do a build. Another thing that I like to tell people who are just starting out is get familiar with sort of the mechanics of everything. Where does everything get lined up? Where's the lock button? What is, you know, what happens when you press the lock button? Where's the exclude button? You know, what are these exposure settings that we'll talk about that in a little bit? You know, how do I filter a team so that I can look at just one team at a time? I can see you doing some of the stuff on the screen. And I think it's important for people to be paying attention to this and looking, you're just getting generally familiar with how to operate some of the basic interface stuff. We're not going to spend a lot of time on all that today, but you know, just getting familiar with how to operate the player pool is something that's you know, very important in a lot of sports. I, I think in baseball, I, I do probably the least excluding of any sport. Mm -hmm. I, I, sometimes I don't exclude anybody from the player pool, uh, but you know, in a lot of sports, I will spend a lot of time curating that pool. So it's just the guys I like. Yeah, I'm more likely to exclude, I think, pitchers than I am trying to take hitters out of the player pool because even Jeff Mathis can hit like three home runs on a single day. It's very unlikely, but hey, that's in that's in the outcomes uh, for for basically any player in baseball. So uh, I do like to take a you know maybe exclude a couple of pitchers, uh, you know, guys that project a little bit lower at the bottom. We're looking at FanDuel uh, right here. So let's say I didn't like again. I'm not saying I like or don't like this guy today, but if I didn't like Homer Bailey and I didn't want him showing up in my pool. I could just hit the little X button that's exclude. And then I'm going to get no Homer Bailey. And uh, as you mentioned, the lock button, right? If I like Justin Verlander now in, if I'm playing a lot of entries, maybe I don't want 100% of a pitcher, but if I did, right, I could just click the lock button. And then as we progress through the show, Justin Verlander, you can see here, he's going to show up in all my lineups over here. And then if you're just kind of uh, making an optimal lineup, he shows up in the lineup preview too, which is kind of how I use this to kind of make my cash game over here. And then uh, as we progress through the show, uh, we'll get a little bit more in-depth uh, on some of the uh, the tournament stuff here. Uh, don't forget, too, uh, if you this all. Some people don't even, you know, basic functions of Lineup HQ. This is why we wanted to go to it. If you wanted to filter by teams, you would just unclick the all. And then you would, you know, if you wanted to see just the Baltimore pitchers or the Baltimore hitters, you can have them here. And it's pretty easy to use once you kind of figure it out here. Uh, anything else on this main screen here? We talked about the sidebar. Uh, we talked about the preview, um, how I use this for gash games. You got anything else you really want to hit on right here? Or do you want to get more into the nuts and bolts? Yeah, look, for premium subscribers, I'm not recommending that anybody ever just take the word of anyone and say, these are the guys you need to play on any given day. But you look at the premium filters up there, you know, if you if you click on a bunch of those, I'm not sure. Yeah, we've got Cheez-Its core plays in there right now. Click on a bunch of those. If you're short on time, if you're someone, you know, who really doesn't have the bandwidth to do a lot of studying on a particular day, but you want to get a little bit of action. I don't, certainly don't recommend putting in a ton of action if you haven't had a ton of time to research, but if you need some help to get a lineup in there quickly, I would recommend relying on some of these premium filters just to get an idea, uh, you know, to jumpstart what you're trying to do on a nightly basis. Like I said, I would never recommend that anyone just strictly take the word uh, of really anybody as a, as a way to play DFS. I think that ultimately if you want to get better and you want to become a complete player, you need to learn why these are, being selected as the plays sort of understand that and then again I you know if you're someone who's newer I think this is really just a way for you to sort of crutch yourself while you learn 
All right, let's jump into uh, kind of the more nuts and bolts. And uh, you, you're going to see some things as we progress through the show, if you are a premium member, that you don't even have access to because the wizards behind the scenes, are always busy uh, writing up new code to get some new stuff. And, and I think we're going to show you some things that are coming pretty shortly for premium members that I currently have access to right now. But let's go over the screen because this is basically how you start making tournament lineups on the lineup builder. Uh, I want to kind of go over these one by one, maybe get your input on kind of settings you use. I'll tell you what I like and we can hash it out for the, uh, the, the viewers here. So the first thing I want to talk about is range of outcomes. Uh, it's pretty simple math, right? Let's pretend a guy has a fantasy uh, output of 10. And if you set the range of outcomes to 10%, it now gives you a 10% plus or minus on that 10 as a range of outcome for every single lineup that made. So if a guy has a outcome of 10 and you set this at 10%, somewhere between nine and 11, every time his uh, a lineup is made, he's going to get that for a projection here today. So what do you usually set these at for hitters? We've recently added the ability uh, to just select pitchers because maybe pitchers have a little bit um, tighter range of outcomes than, than hitters. So we can talk about how we use these specifically. So I use, I use some different things normally to get uh, diversification in my lineups and to get randomization in my lineups. There's some other ways to do it other than the, the range of outcomes. If I was going to set it, I usually set it at a smaller amount because I like to use more unique players per lineup. We'll talk about that mm -hmm. a little bit later to get, you know, some variation in the lineups that come out. But basically for MLB, I'd be comfortable setting it you know, at a higher number. I think once we make a change to the way this works, we actually have floor and ceiling projections, and we're going to be working on some other range of outcomes projections. Once we have that factored into the variation so that we're really working with players' true outcome curves, I think I'll be more willing to set that number higher. For now, mm -hmm. you know, something like maybe 20% if I'm really looking to, you know, to get more variant in the way I build. But I think this really depends on what, you know, what type of contest you're entering and really, you know, what level of, of randomness you're looking for in your specific lineup. So I'm really not running all my lineups in one build. So I'm not usually looking for a massive amount of randomness. You can do that now, by the way. We'll talk about that in a second, but uh, pretty easy. Uh, so I generally, I think I like a little bit more range of outcome than you for hitters. Um, I'll, I'll typically play with about 30% most of the time. Sometimes I'll play if the slate's a little smaller, maybe I'll bump it up a little bit more. The slate's a little bit bigger. I'll bump it up a little, uh, bump it down a little. But I, I like around 30, you like around 20, but you probably have more uniques, which we'll get to in a second. And you, you don't need a high amount of range of outcomes and a high amount of uniques. Then you're just really getting too much randomness in your lineups, I think. Um, so using one or the other or using them in conjunction is kind of the way I, I use to make lineups. So um, I'll set this at 30. And we've recently added the, the pitcher range of outcomes, which is the exact same thing. If a pitcher has a projection of 10, you set this at 10%. He's now going to get uh, a number between 9 and 11 every single time a lineups get made. And if he happens to make the lineup, it was probably with the higher projection. So uh, I think pitchers have a little bit tighter range of outcomes. Um, maybe not so much this year uh, with, I think, the juice ball and baseball going on right now. But I'll typically set this, uh, I don't know, maybe half, maybe, you know, you know, a 30-20, something like that. I just use a little bit tighter range for my pitchers. How do you approach that? Yeah, so like I said, I'm not using range of outcomes too much at all. I'm I'm generally building my lineups in chunks. Uh, but I do want to touch on something real quick just to change the subject here about like sort of why range of outcomes matter. Like why yep. why are we not just optimizing on the median projection and taking the highest, you know, median score that we can get in the optimizer? And it's, you know, for me in MLB, it's just the, the pure variance of the sport. 
I, I really want, and, and this is not just exclusive to MLB, but it's, it's probably most pronounced in MLB, where we're really not as concerned with taking the lineups that are the most optimal and just using great projections as a means to try to get an edge. We, a lot of times we want to look at what our opponents are doing and really try to capitalize on situations where, you know, we're, we're taking the worst of it, you know, from a projection standpoint in order to get lineups that are correlated, we're really focusing more on correlation in MLB than we are on optimization. So that's why range of outcomes is in randomization is probably something I'm more willing to do in MLB than say some other sports where more optimal projections are probably going to be in play more hardcore. Um, we've got our number of lineups to produce next. Um, most people just make their amount of lineups, right? We're going to make 20 lineups for the Roto-Grinders free roll. Uh, I like to actually make more lineups than I'm making and uh, do a, a couple things in Excel to maybe uh, randomize them or pick specific lineups out of it, out of the, you know, the Excel sheet we're going to get to when we're importing. Um, what do you do with lineup? Do you, you, you like to make some and then handpick the ones out of the lineup builder. There's a lot of different ways to do it. I think the easiest, if you're making 20 lineups, you got all your settings right. Just make 20. If you're more advanced, you can do some other things as well. You know, a lot of times that, that is the number of lines I'm making is 20, right? I'm busy. You know, I got stuff to do. I, yeah. They got me in the dungeon, like I said. I can't but, believe you're even on this show. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I am able to make some lineups, I, I like to try to make like make 20. And I like to get in there and make, you know, I'll, I'll build 20 to 50 at a time. I won't build 20 in one run and say, if those are my lineups. I, like I said, a lot of times I will set it to a lower number and I'll run 500, 1,000 lineups, and I'll just keep looking and looking and looking until I get the very, you know, changing settings, looking mm -hmm. for the lineups that, that suit me the best. And, you know, sometimes early in the day when I'm trying to figure out maybe, you know, how projections are affecting the optimizer, how projected ownership might go, I will run hundreds of lineups and, and try to change the settings and just look and see how things are shaking out there as well. Um, let's go to number of unique players. So, um, it, it really depends for me on, on what I'm trying to do. And it also would depend on the type of player you are and what you're trying to accomplish in your games, right? You gotta, you gotta kind of know what you're doing with the, the settings to create the lineups that you would actually make if you were physically clicking them. So, um, it all depends on your type of risk type. If you're a little bit more narrow band of players and you want a specific group of the best projected players, maybe you keep this at something like two. Um, if you want to diverse a little bit more and you want a wide range of players to uh, account for the, uh, the variable outcomes in any sport that you're playing, maybe you bump it up to four or five. Uh, I'll typically play with three. Again, it's very slate dependent on bigger slates. Maybe I want a little bit more diversity just to try to hope to hit the nuts and DFS. All the, all the prizes seem to be really top heavy now. Um, so you're really trying to hit first at some point during the season. Um, having a little bit higher uniques does that. Um, so I'll change it, um, you know, kind of on a whim, depending on the slate size and a couple other factors. Um, you mentioned that you're more likely to use more uniques than the range of outcomes. So explain to me that strategy. Yeah, so I usually run it with four these days in MLB. And what I'm looking to do is I'm, I want, you know, when I have 20 lineups and say something like that 20 max deal they do on DraftKings, I want, you know, my, my little dots on that to be spread wide. I don't want them all congested together. You know, I've heard people talk about wanting to keep a tight core and using very similar lineups. I think it depends on your risk profile. If you do something like that, you're going to be boom bust on any particular day. If you're on the right kind of plays, if you're on the right stack and you've got 20 of the same one, you know, all your guys are going to be up towards the top. I'm really more shopping around for that one lineup to just jump out of the pack and get to the tippy top. I'm looking for first place Brit. Yep. Yeah, that's where all the money is nowadays. That's how the, the sites seem to make it. It didn't always used to be like that, but DFS, uh, one of the keys is knowing the contest that you're into 
if the prize structure is a little bit flatter, maybe I would go a little bit more uniques. But if it's top heavy, uh, again, like Chris just said, I'm trying to I'm trying to go for the top with a little bit more uniques. Um, the max exposure. Um, there's there's a lot of different ways to kind of use this because not only can you set a global, right? Let's say for you know, pitchers, I'm okay having 50% of a pitcher or something like that, but I'm almost never okay having 50% of a batter because, again, there's just so many different outcomes that a batter can have. So how I like to do this is I typically set this, um, I, I don't even know, somewhere in the 20 to 30% range is like a global, but you can also go back into the player pool, and let's say I wanted to make sure I had at least 40% Justin Verlander, this is a minimum column right here. So I could put in 40% minimum, Justin Verlander. And if I wanted a range uh, for the algorithm to give him at least 40%, but no more than 50%, now I'm going to make sure that even though I have my global setting at 25% max exposure or ownership, uh, I have now manually boosted Justin Verlander to make sure he gets into more lineups. Um, this is what I typically do. I'll set the global for kind of hitters. I really never even approach that with hitters. It's just kind of like a fail safe. And I'll kind of manually adjust the ownership of the pitchers that I want, Chris. Yeah, and I end up doing that a lot too. Like I am, I generally speaking will allow more, you know, room for, for more pitchers in my builds than I will for hitters. I like to set the global exposure pretty low. I like to get that diversity, get a bunch of different teams mixed into my stacks when I run them. But for pitchers, you know, there's usually a pretty tight core there. I'm not usually looking to get, you know, into 10, 20 pitchers on any given slate. I'm usually trying to keep it a little bit tighter with just 20 lineups. Um, so going back to the build rules, uh, salary. So salary in basketball, you almost always want to use it. Salary in NFL, you're almost always want to use it. In baseball, you almost always want to use it, specifically on DraftKings where the, the pricing is really tight on FanDuel where it's a little easier. I mean, for tournaments, Chris, I'm okay leaving a lot of money on the table sometimes in baseball. If it happens, I'll generally make sure that nothing really crazy would set in. But if I was playing on FanDuel and I had tournament teams with a thousand left on the table, probably not the most ideal, but that's what happens sometimes when you get two lower owned stack teams in there and you get the best pitcher on FanDuel, you just have some money left over. Um, so this would be a setting I think I would typically use on FanDuel. I see you crackling over. Yeah, I drag I drag that left one all the way down to the bottom. I don't care at all. Like I, I really, you know, I want to get two stacks that are that that are together and correlated. Like like we said, no one people don't have those combinations. You know, if you're looking to really play in some of these big tournaments where you can just get tons of leverage on the field by having combinations that other people aren't using, I don't want the salary to be restricting that from the builder. I really want the the most possible options that I can get in MLB. Like you said, for other sports, totally different story. But for MLB, you know, I'm really, really comfortable leaving a lot of money on the table and sometimes almost prefer it. All right, let's talk about the ownership one because this is a really quick way to get yourself different lineups without even really doing too much in your player pool. This is like a, a shortcut. And the guys behind the scenes, they made this for, uh, I think it was football last year. I was like, yo, we, let's work this in here. And they, they built it up for us pretty quickly today. So I want to spend some time over this and how I use it. Um, what you don't want, if you click, give me the optimal lineup on FanDuel, right? You can do that. And this is the theoretical early optimal lineup. Now it's not a stack, but you really shouldn't have your tournament teams, specifically in the large field MME tournaments, right? With, with 10,000, 20,000, 
your lineup really shouldn't look anything like this. And one of the easiest ways to accomplish that and make sure is to kind of limit the total of max ownership. And you, you know, you, how I like to do that is I like to make some teams first with no ownership settings. And then I like to cut like a good portion of what I see the highest owned teams are. So maybe I could do this while you talk, but when I use lineup builder or lineup HQ, I'm almost, you know, let's say the total ownership of some of the teams that were coming up with none are like 170 or 180 in baseball. I might go to like 140 as my max just to make sure my lineups aren't full of the same players everybody else is playing. Yeah, so this is one way to to get the diversity of player within each lineup, right? There's a couple of other ways. There's your these your running exposure percentages when building below there is is an, is one way. We mentioned player exposure caps, but this ownership setting is just one way to ensure, like, say, in something like an NFL, where if you know you're you're really not trying to go above a certain threshold of of chalkiness within an individual line, you're comfortable having some chalky players in there, but you don't want it to exceed a certain point. Rich describing a way, one way that you can do that. And that's what this total ownership cap is all about. There's also a minimum ownership. Uh, I don't, I've never really run into a situation where, you know, the ownership was, was getting too low, but it, you, there's definitely a situation where you might want to make sure that you have a certain amount of plays that are really popular. I usually set it at 50 for baseball. And again, it doesn't really approach that low, but with the range of outcomes with right with unique players, every once in a while, you know, out of 150, so I'll, sometimes I'll even make 300 lineups. If I'm making 150, I got some, I got some things I'll do in Excel every now and then, but you'll get a weird team every now and then. And generally that weird team you need, like you said, you need, you don't need all one percenters and then two, 5% on pitchers. That's too far uh, off the board and you don't need all the chalk, but making sure you have something that's not all one-offs and not all chalk this is a really quick shortcut um, to do something like that. And again, it all varies by slate. The smaller slate, you're going to have to change the numbers around a little bit. Today, when ownership's really spread out, maybe you know the number might even be a little bit lower to get away from all the chalk out there. But this is a really good tool uh, to quickly uh, make sure your lineups are, are what I consider good tournament builds, right? Yeah, and if you're playing in cash games, maybe one reason to set that floor pretty high is you know, chances are if they're projected highly in tournaments, a lot of those guys are going to be among the more viable cash game plays as well. Yep. Um, so let's see here. The flex, the latest start time doesn't really mean too much for baseball. Use min-max exposures. I like that. That's what I talked about over here with Justin Verlander, right? Even though I've set 25%, you know, on everybody else, you can, you know, if you only have like 10 pitchers in your player pool, it's pretty easy to give uh, a couple of ranges of ownerships on players to make sure you get the players that you want specifically at pitcher. And then you let the batters do all the rest. And I like to set ranges because, you know, if the projections are giving me 50% Verlander, I want them to hit it. I don't just use a minimum or a target. I like to give a little bit of range. So a, a lot of different things can happen um, in the optimizer as it's working today. Do, do you use the min max? You just, do you use like, yeah, the min max is what I use as well. That's what I would do. Um, the prioritize lineups over max exposure. This is just if you're new to it, you probably want to have this checked because it just it makes some lineups over some of your settings that might conflict with each other. So it's kind of like a, a dummy box where if you're having trouble getting all the lineups that you want without it, I would check this and it's going to override some of your settings that might interfere with each other and allow a couple extra lineups to be built. So I would leave that checked. I even leave this checked pretty much all the time. 
And then the other thing is the running exposure percentages when building. Uh, let's talk about this because this is like a big addition when we added it. Uh, it's been a while now, but it's been up here for a, for a long time. It's pretty simple. If you have an 80% cap on somebody, uh, previously it would run until 80% of that guy was used and it wouldn't care you know, you know, whether or not one lineup after another used them consecutively. So you'd have the guys bunched towards the top. Running exposure percentages is a way so that once you reach the peak of that guy's exposure, it stops using them until he gets back under that threshold. So in other words, if you were making 20 lineups, or once you got to 80%, like four out of five, it would stop using them until it got back under 80%. Um, yeah, so I, I almost always leave that checked. It just allows for a greater distribution of the players within your builds, and that's something uh, I definitely want. Um, I don't normally, like today, 14-game slate, I'm not going to have any hitters against my pitcher. Uh, if it's a four-game slate, a three-game slate, I'm okay hitting one uh, every now and then and having a, a batter against uh, one of my starting pitchers. Uh, I, I think that's fine. Uh, as long as the slate is small, but generally anything, I mean, maybe even a four game slate, I probably wouldn't do it. It's pretty much reserved for me on the really small slates, like three and under. Uh, how do you approach that? Yeah, I'm basically never taking a, a batter against my pitcher unless I make a mistake. So, <laughs> <laughs> but the, usually with lineup HQ these days, I mean, it's been a long time because you've got settings like this that prevent yeah. that from happening. Um, uh, again, guys too, I want to um, let you know, uh, I've got a link here. So right in the Roto-Grinders chat, uh, this is a free roll for FanDuel. And as you can see, I've got FanDuel pulled up on lineup HQ for the main slate. It's going to bring you to this page. And this is a 20 max entry free roll. There's no prizes in the prize pool. But what we're doing here at Roto-Grinders is the top three people who max enter. The key is you must max enter this. will get Roto-Grinders swag. So all the top three different people who put in 20 entries and finish near the top of this, we'll get a Roto-Grinders t-shirt or a hat. Uh, after you win, just message me, uh, just DM me on Twitter, or send me a private message on Roto-Grinders, and I'll get it all taken care of for you on the back end. But um, make sure to max enter, and we're going to play along. We're going to show you how to kind of upload these right to FanDuel, because uh, Chris, I think it's time we start making some teams here. Why don't we go over uh, to the hitter stacks tab, and um I guess I can show them. Uh, I'm on the test site here we have for Roto-Grinders. So before to make different types of stacks, uh, it was a little more difficult. So what we've done is we've created this thing. It's called Quick Stacks. And let me give you a quick summarization of what you're going to be seeing. This isn't live yet, but it will be for you, um, I don't know, probably sometime next week. This is giving me, we're going to make 20 lineups. So if I set this at 75%, I'm going to get 15 for four stacks and I'm going to get five or 25% for three stacks on FanDuel, which by the way, if I'm MMEing these large field tournaments, probably the only lineups I'm making on FanDuel, Chris. So um, this is a, a new addition here. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, we can move over to DraftKings as well. We do a lot of the Slate IQ stuff, which is another premium article. Basically always tells you the field never stacks enough. So if you're MMEing in baseball specifically, um, you should almost be making stacks as much as possible especially on large slates like today. I mean, it's, it's sometimes on FanDuel, it gets difficult to get full stacks in there and people give up. You know, there's a lot, they, you know, they, they don't want to go for that correlation. They'll, they're comfortable with the four, two or the three, three X, but the generally speaking, you know, the data has shown us that full stacking on these bigger slates does tend to lead to more top end results. So that's what we're looking to do here with these quick stacks. We're setting up right now with four fours and four threes. And below, we're going to be able to tell the lineup builder 
which stacks we actually want to have built with those configurations. Yep. So let's do some of that right now. I'm just, for the sake of time, we don't have a, a ton of time left here. Um, I'm going to set a primary stack at 10 and a secondary stack, you know, at 10. I These can really vary. We're going to do more shows like this as well uh, throughout the season where we'll really spend a bunch of time in lineup HQ talking about what type of player do you want to be and then how to translate that into how you make your stacks. I think that's something important, being the player you want to be and making the optimizer do what you actually want to do, which is another thing I'm going to show you in a second. Chat, chat's really liking the quick stack, so we did something good here, Chris. Wait, wait till they see the next one. I'm going to show them in a minute. <laughs> so so um, just for quickness sake, I'm going to do 10-10. I probably would not use this setting, if I'm being honest. I think that's for a later date. Um, what would you, if you're making 20 lineups today, what would be something you would do? This is basically going to give me two teams or, or maybe like two teams eight times and a, a couple of one-offs or something like that for stacks. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I would do. I, I'm playing on DraftKings, right? So I got the Slate IQ. Yep. I'm heading over to Slate IQ. I'm sorting leverage descending yep. on you know, projected ownership. What you know, Where can I expect to get some leverage today? And I'm going shopping for some teams there. I'm setting those teams in the left-hand column in my primary stack and I'm loading up on them. On the right-hand side, I'm generally allowing more teams to, to be in existence there, maybe just excluding just a few. And mm -hmm. I'm running the best combination of my primary stack and whatever secondary, secondary stacks I'm comfortable with. All right. We'll, we'll have plenty of shows that get into different type of play styles for you guys uh, at a later date, and we'll make sure you're, you're well aware of it. Um, but let's run this, and uh, let's see. If they like the, uh, the last uh, little addition here, I have a feeling they're going to like the next one. So we're going to build 20 lineups on FanDuel real quick. I'm going to even put them into the free roll to kind of show you guys uh, what I'm doing here. Um, so it takes uh, the baseball. There's just so many players. There's so many different options. We just added the quick stacks. It takes the optimizer a little bit longer for baseball than it does for some of the other sports when there's less variables um, because behind the scenes, our servers are they're heating up to like 5,000 degrees right now because I'm trying to make like 20 lineups over here. So uh, it will take just a couple of seconds. Uh, I got a couple of questions I can ask right now here. Um, let's see here. Um, someone that gets an error for, for 20, but they only generate 17. Usually something like that is with your settings. So I would tell you to um, add more players per team, um, release some of, you know, switch around some of your percentages is typically the best way to do that. So um, I've made my teams here and you can see here, I wanted 40 to 50% Justin Verlander. I got exactly 40% Justin Verlander. So that's what the optimizer made with all of my different settings. Now, if you guys like the hitter stack or the quick stacks, you'll see I've got a stack summary and a combo summary. Again, you guys don't have these. You will probably have them next week. Um, we, we just got them available to us this morning to play around with. So what the stack summary does is it tells you who your four hitter stacks are, right? I wanted, I, I probably, well, because, so this is what it did. Because I have 10 on one side and 10 in the other, I am now have 20% of my lineups have four man stacks of Baltimore, which is probably a little bit too much. So you really got to know your math when you do things like that, but you get a quick stack summary of what stacks you have. And then also we have a combo summary, which will tell you, right? Like a four, four here. I have four Cleveland hitters, four Rockies hitters. I've got four Cleveland hitters with four Angels hitters. I've got four Cleveland hitters with four Red Sox hitters. So you can actually see 
what you have now um, should be available to you soon. This is something I've wanted for a while. Um, so let's talk about this page here. How are you going to use this now that you can see all this stuff to make yourself better lineups in the long run, Chris? All right, first, let's talk about the player exposures tab, right? So you go there and you, you're, you're getting a good picture of whether or not you've got the types of players that you want. You can see a guy with high projected ownership like Jonathan VR, no surprise, is coming up a lot in the lineup builder. It's because when you have 40% Justin Verlander locked in at 11K, it's really and you're, and you're requiring stacks that's looking for a stack that has a generally, generally good value proposition. A lot of low price hitters for their projection, you're seeing the Orioles kind of pop in there just be, you know, a lot of reasons because of their opponent, but also just because their pricing is low. Yep. And now, of course, I'm looking to maybe try to limit that. If I don't want as much Orioles in there, I can go back to the, yeah. to the stack section. Let's, 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 let's go back to that, right? Let's make a change because when I, I don't just, there, I don't click make lineups and then use that first one. I pro, if I'm making 150 lineups, I probably click make 150 lineups at least like 15 times before I get everything sorted out. It's kind of, it takes a little while to do it. There's no like click button, win money, or, you know, click and win. It doesn't really happen. You got to put some thought into it. So how would you, let's pretend now we wanted to change something. What's something we could change and then see how it does on our next one. Well, I think, I think for one thing, I would probably want to lower that max exposure on Justin Verlander. I mean, yeah, I don't need 40% Justin Verlander yep. to get a little bit of leverage on the field today. If he's only going to be 15 to 20% owned or something yep. like that. So I can really, you know, try to get some better stacks into my mix here just by lowering that. The other thing I might want to do is I might head back to that stacks tab and really maybe put a little bit more of a limit on Baltimore if I'm not interested in playing the Orioles today. Yeah. So because if you do 10, 10, this is, again, you got to be, you got to know a little bit of math, right? You're opening yourself up to 20% of form of your lineups having Baltimore stacks. So if I just wanted to do five of Baltimore, right. And five now the max I would get would be, 20 per, or uh, yes, 10% of my lineup. So now I see, even I don't know the math, Jimino, but you, you got to know what you're doing. And we'll have some shows that really explain what to do here based on the type of player you want to be. Do you want to go, you know, play three or four teams heavily? Do you want to play one team heavily? Do you want a wide swath of players? Do you want to play limited pitchers? Do you want to play a lot of pitchers? There's a lot of different ways to play baseball DFS and tournaments. It's tough to win, but there's a lot of different ways to win. And uh, we're going to do some shows that kind of show you how to be the player that you're comfortable being and being able to use the lineup builder to get the lineups that you want. So let's rerun this, right? We lowered um, Justin Verlander. We lowered the Baltimore stack. So as this churns through now, again, you'll also see too, I can still go back in here. Um, I'm sure um, my lineups, uh, you will see, right? I got the four, four stacks and the four, three in the exact percentages that I wanted. Um, so all of the things work together congruently to make the lineups that you actually want. It's it's pretty sweet now, um, along with the additions to be able to see that you want. Uh, it's, it's just really good here. There's some really good additions here. Um, we got a couple. Here, go ahead. I was going to say, if you go to the combo summary, I think one of the things that's going to be good for is seeing you know, which teams are kind of pairing well by projections together. And if you start seeing like a team, if you don't have as many different stacks in there, if you're really just run, running one stack, like let's say you're in the Blue Jays today or something yeah. like that, you would see which teams you maybe want to, you know, not pair the Blue Jays with, or maybe, you know, what, if you're trying to be really unique, you can get a picture of what stacks are pairing well together with the optimizer and sort of swerve off that. Um, so one question is what's the max total stack exposure you should add up to. So I'm going to go through this. this is a question we get quite a bit. 
uh, on the hitter stack. So up here on the quick stacks, it tells you, I would try to make sure your quick stack right here is at 100%, right? It's gonna ensure you get what you want. The thing with the uh, stack exposures, you can go bananas on it, and it's still gonna know like mathematically kind of what you're trying to do. If you wanted to be super precise, you could set this somewhere in the 100 to 110% range for each side of the stack, but you're really gonna have to start dialing in all your numbers, right? And if you have a lot of time, you could go in there and physically make, right? Like let's say Slate IQ was telling me Baltimore was a really good play, but they're only gonna be 1% stack owned. And if I wanted to get leverage, maybe I'd only wanna use them 3% of the time in my lineups. If you have enough time to do that, you can go in here and manually decide which teams you wanna stack and the percentages, right? That's something I'll do when I make lineups. I'll, I'll have something in Excel um, and it, it kind of gives me the amount of teams that I wanna stack. Um, and percentage wise, and then I'll just enter them into here. So you can do that if you have the time and you're knowledgeable enough to do that, or if you just want some flat percentages and then boost your teams. Um, but I would tell you to do the quick stacks at 100. And as you can see here, I have 275%. It doesn't really matter. It knows what I'm trying to accomplish and it will follow it. But if you want to be more precise, you can. Right. So, I mean, if you have 50% stack, if you just type 50 in that secondary stack box, it's going to, it's just basically just going to give you optimal. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to stop until it gets 50% of that team. And then, yep. you know, at that point in time, you're pretty much talking about optimal. Yeah. Um, so let's go back on uh, to this. We got about 10 more minutes. We're going to spend on here today. If you guys want to put any questions in chat, these will be available on demand as well. So if you want to go back to it at a later date, you will be able to watch them along with all the other shows. Uh, I do just want to mention one more time uh, about the free roll. Max enter this thing on FanDuel using some of the stuff we're going to do. I'm going to show you how to do that right now to close out the contest, uh, to close out the show. And then um, if you max enter that and you happen to get top three, we will get you some Roto Grinder swag. Just message me on Twitter or on Roto Grinders um, with your screen name and, and we'll track it down and, and get you some stuff. But the key to this free roll is you have to max enter, right? We want you to play along on the show. So max enter that thing on free on, uh, on FanDuel uh, if you want to have a shot. So let's go back to the lineups, right? We made, uh, the good thing here too, is we can see the changes, right? Our first build, we had 40% Justin Verlander. Our second build, we're down to 30% Justin Verlander. And we also, you know, Baltimore showing up, you know, what, once now, twice instead of four times. So we lowered our Baltimore exposure, we got less Justin Verlander. We're getting a little bit more variety. Um, and as I would say, now that you can see what you actually have, it's a little bit easier via both the player exposures and the stack summaries to determine what you're actually playing. And if you don't want to play that, go change some of the other options we talked about, build more lineups, and then finally enter them into that. Right, Chris? Yep. And, uh, Make sure you load up on all the chalk for this tournament so that I can get all the leverage on you. Yeah, well, you, we, I mean, do you even need, you got a Roto-Grinders hat on, a Roto-Grinders shirt. You probably got the Roto-Grinders undies on too and the socks. Oh, I need it all, man. I need, I need a new shirt, man. <laughs> um, so let's do this to kind of close out the show. I want to show some of you guys, man. All right. I, I just learned how to use lineup HQ. How do I get these, these lineups onto FanDuel or onto DraftKings? Both sites have different things. We're on FanDuel here on another show at a different point in time, uh, we'll use DraftKings. So one of the first things you want to do 
is we there's this button export lineups to CSV. So CSVs are it will create an Excel file which you can then put onto FanDuel, and FanDuel will take all the all the little mumble jumble and it will turn it into all your entries onto FanDuel for you. So as you can see, if I enter those into Excel, it looks into something like this, right? What am I looking at here? Well, it's just all the player IDs and it's all the positions that FanDuel needs to be able to accept all that stuff. And we take care of all that for you. How do you get those into the free roll? Well, down here, we have an upload lineups from CSV. This is right on FanDuel. You could click that and you'll see download a CSV template, which includes all the players in the current slate. So I will click that and you'll kind of see here, I've got a big blank space here, Chris. Well, what do you think goes in the blank space? It's all the stuff I just downloaded from Roto Grinders. So you don't need this top one here, right? Pictures, but lines two through 21. I just copy that. I go back over to FanDuel. I paste it, click save, and then I go back over to FanDuel, choose the file, which should be the top one here, I believe, and upload it. And it's gonna enter my 20 lineups for me. Hopefully it works as it should. And I've got my 20 lineups in. Very easy process if you have Excel, copy, paste, and click. There's really nothing to it. And as you can see on FanDuel, all the lineups we made are now right here. So don't be scared, right? If you have any problems doing it, you can rewatch this video at a later time. I'm sure if you're watching this and, and really wanted to understand, you could email support and they could probably help you out either on FanDuel or I'm sure even the guys at Roto Grinders would be happy to help you out on it too. Um, but it's a pretty easy process at first, right? Like we've got Dean doing this now, guys. Dean understands how to do this. And if Dean can do it, you could probably do it as well. <laughs> yep, Dean doesn't actually have 10% of everyone anymore because he's got lineup HQ and this ability to upload in there. So he's actually getting some leverage on people, you know, not going the 10% route just because it's easy. Um, we've got a couple of QQs. Do you have anything to add to this? Again, we're going to do much more in-depth stuff um, on how to, you know, how do we actually, you know, use lineup HQ to make lineups? What are some of our settings? How to become the player you want to be in lineup HQ, right? Do you have anything else you want to talk about for this one? No, man, I'm good. I'm looking forward to doing a, hopefully a bunch of these. I'd like to really help people with using the tools and really getting up towards the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple of QQs have come, come in. Uh, let's see on DraftKings. How often do you use player groups for pitchers? SP1 and SP2s, or are you just letting HQ optimize it for you? So I'll answer that for you uh, a little bit. If there's two very chalky pitchers, uh, I haven't looked at ownership or, or too much of that stuff today. But today, this is for FanDuel, and you can only really use one. But on DraftKings, let me go to that. And I'm assuming you you have some projected ownership up for DraftKings already, Chris? You know it. All right. So Chris has it up. So this is a really big slate and there's a couple of ways we've already talked about to limit this, but if you use Wheeler and Verlander in a tournament, you're really playing with the chalk. So it's fine to use those, but you want to make sure that your stack isn't also the chalk or your one-offs aren't the chalk. So that goes back to the min and max total ownership right here, where if I set this right pitcher ownership these two combined are over 
I mean, I can only imagine what some of the chalkier hitters are. It'll add up pretty quickly. So just, you know, if I made normal lineups, all chalk would be something like 170 to 200%. So just by setting this at something like 140, now I, I could use the chalkier pitchers, but I'm going to have some less chalkier stacks with them. Or if you really didn't want those two in the same, you can make a group, which we didn't really even get into today. We don't have enough time. And you can make, this is really easy. I could just type in Verlander and it's going to find them. I'm going to type in, uh, who's who's pitching for the Mets today? Uh, Wheeler. Wheeler. Uh, you're, you're not getting that. That's 20, that's 20K for those two guys. You aren't getting that anyway. But I mean, you know, if, let's say Derek Rodriguez or somebody real cheap that ends up being the chocolate cheap yeah. guy, that's the more likely pairing you put in there, but you get the idea. Yeah, and like this, use zero to one at most if one of them is in the lineup. So this would kind of prevent you from playing Verlander and Wheeler. We'll get into groups on a later one, right? There's a lot of stuff you can do in groups. We don't have time today. But um, yeah, we wanted to give you a, a quick look at uh, lineup HQ and, and kind of go over it for you guys, give you more of a tutorial, get some of you guys playing it. It's pretty easy to use once you figure it out. There is a little bit of a learning curve, but don't be afraid to kind of max enter the CSVs is just a couple of clicks with copy and paste of being able to get as many lineups as you want onto FanDuel or DraftKings. And if Dean can do that, I'm pretty sure most of you guys can as well. Right, Chris? Absolutely. All right. So that's going to do it for today. If you liked the show, if you got any other questions, ping me on Twitter. Um, I'll, I'll try to get to them throughout the day. Uh, and if not, stay tuned. We're going to have a more series of this throughout the season where we get more in-depth and help you guys uh, just try to get more comfortable using lineup HQ and maybe get into some of the more advanced techniques so you can use it. And also don't forget um, on the hitter stack sometime next week, we're hoping to have this out to you where you can kind of make all, all the things that you want. And then of course we're going to have the, uh, I don't have any lineups uh, in here yet. Oh, actually I do. Um, the stack summary, which kind of tells you what stacks you actually have as well as the combo summary. Uh, hopefully get those into your hands next week. So uh, Chris, you can get back to the dungeon. Uh, I'm going back downstairs. I got to let the dogs out. Thanks to everybody for watching, and we out you.
Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. 